This episode contains spoilers for Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. You get the little elevator music. Yeah, we'll get the elevator music. Yeah, you get the elevator music going. We're all supposed to be doing the preamble and everything's supposed to be. It's not like we haven't recorded another two episodes before this. So have we decided that the preamble to this episode is planning a preamble? (laughs) Meta. It's like, remember that show, um... Do you remember that show, how, um, how It's Made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For their 100th episode, it was an episode on How It's Made, How It's Made. <laughs> really? Yeah, they did an episode really, on How It's Made, which is really, really cool. funny. Jenny, really and cool. I used to, Jenny and I used to watch How It's Made before we went to sleep. Like, watching factory lines and stuff was so relaxing. It's interesting. I have a weird memory, though, of watching it in Cornwall when we went down to that flat. Oh, that was a weird holiday. That was a weird holiday. Still got that to see holiday, Plan B, though. Did get to see Plan B. That was very good at the Eden Project. But that holiday, I was due to... The day we got back, I was due to move house. And I was getting calls and texts from my housemates to say, we've just been and there's literal shit running down the walls in the basement. <laughs> what? Yeah, so they they had a thing that was like a downstairs bathroom, but to get the water back up into the proper drainage, because the basement was an extension, they had a thing, I think it's called a Saniflow, which is essentially a big fan that pushes all the water up the toilet into the thing, and people have been chucking tampons in there, and it's blocked this fan, and it had been done that for so long that the water pipe had burst on the floor level of the ground floor and literal shit was running down the walls. Oh, that's awful. That I've, sounds horrific. I've had, while we're on the subject of shit, we oh were uh, we were at like a truck stop doing some soil borings and I nailed the sewage tank. Oh. And we pulled, we pulled like the sampler back up, right? And I mean, it was just, it was covered in shit. That was awful. <laughs> the smell was fucking terrible. I did think you were going to say you had a burst, though. No, no. Um, the funniest one I've ever... We were doing some uh, environmental sampling for, like, a farmer. And yeah. uh, my technician bagged, like, a cow turd. <laughs> On purpose, obviously. And he wrote it up all official in the bag. And, nice. And it'll uh, be tested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send it back to the lab and everything is a practical joke. God bless you, <laughs> now. God bless you, Chris. <laughs> and uh, what's funny, you know, one of the ways he tells you if you have really organic material is by smell. And he was like, good lord, where the fuck were you? And he's got this bag, like, right up, up under his nose. So, so I, would, I would love to work in Slade and Chris's office, uh, because all they do is just play pranks on each other all day. Yeah, so but like, we've heard about how awful your pranks are. No, yeah. but like Slade's, Slade and Chris's one, Slade sent me a photo one time of him like ratchet strapping Chris's chair to the underside of his desk. So if he wanted to move the chair, the whole desk would come with. <laughs> the best one I ever and yet did. Yeah, I can't was... get a visa. <laughs> the best one I ever did was, uh, it was prior to Chris working. I forgot what the tech did, but I took his office chair outside and uh, I sent it up the boom of the drill rig, which is 40 foot tall. And then I took the keys out of the ignition for the drill rig. And then I left to go out of town working. <laughs> took the keys with me. For fuck's sake.
Hello everyone, welcome back to Video Game Club, not Game Club Pod as we called it at the start of other episodes. And gentlemen, can you believe it? Can you believe we are at Double Figures, episode 10, Ocarina of Time? We can practically drink now. We, well, Cheers. Tim, I'd we be worried about um, I'd be worried about you giving alcohol to ten-year-olds. I can't believe <laughs> you it. Ten, <laughs> ten episodes. Oh. Ten episodes. How, how did of... we get here? Well, how mm. have we not killed each other yet? <laughs> I think we've come close a few times. Why am I still here? There's the real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I am, as always, Joey Fitzgerald, and I'm joined by. Um, Timothy Fitzgerald, my brother. Hello. And the gentleman that is Slade Island. Hello, gentlemen. I, I've been gentlemen. I didn't get a title. Am I like late? <laughs> I've, I've been promoted. That's what that is. Right. <laughs> Do you want me to go back and give you a title, Tim? No, it's fine. I'll, I'll just bear it for the next five years. Oh, I'll, I'll give you... Um, you could be the Omnishambles, which is a word I heard oh. yesterday and enjoyed quite a lot. What does, what does mean? that mean? Well, it's, it's from a show called The Thick of It. Um, right. And Omnishambles is exactly what it sounds like. It's a culmination of all the shambles. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, all righty. Okay. So, as always with Video Game Club, we are starting with our big question. Gentlemen, I've given you no time to prepare for this, and it's a tough one. Okay. I don't know if you've seen the running order. It is in there. What single thing in a good video game has ruined the game for you? Easy. Okay, what we'll, single, we'll go what, straight oh, hang on, to hang on. Tim. What, what single well, thing Tim, in a video game ruined it for you? Single thing in a good video is, game. Is that... Does it? Do you mean like one that I like or... Well, yeah, it's got to be you. Okay. I've got mine. And if Tim takes it, I'm going to be really mad. No, I don't think okay. I will. Um, okay. So my one is in Assassin's Creed 2. Okay. And uh, okay. it's in the first 15 minutes. Um, and Ezio Auditore is the guy you play as. And he's just about to leave Rome or Sicily or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you meet someone outside of the city borders. And he says, Ezio, don't you, re- don't you recognize me? It's your uncle. It's a me, Mario. And I was... <laughs> So fucking angry that I turned the game off. <laughs> I didn't play that game for like two months. I was angry at it. <laughs> oh my god. So he I actually it. says, it's a mean <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. And the only reason they named him that is for a fucking stupid pun that I'm kind of mad I didn't think of. <laughs> Do you not like... I think that would make me like it's Assassin's a, Creed more. I, I don't know why really it made me so angry. I was like, fuck right off and turned off the Xbox <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> That's a good one. Good luck following that, Slade. Well, I have mine, and Tim's going to agree with me. And it is, which is a game I've talked about a lot. It's a game I love, Persona 5. Mm-hmm. But it's I know where this sh- is going. It's the shithole that is Akumara Foods. It is the worst palace. It has the worst boss fight. It's not that it's hard. It's not difficult. It's just annoying. It's and they tedious. made it in what essentially is like the director's cut, which is the royal. They made yeah. it worse. I don't understand. Like, <laughs> they, they made it. They will, they will corroborate with this. They made everything else in the game ten what? times better. Yeah, everything then, is so much better. It's so much more detailed. It's amazing. 
But Akuma Foods is just a piece of shit. And it is the worst part of the game, and it's the midway point, and a lot of people drop off because of how bad I, it is. I haven't beaten the Raw because I can't be bothered to go through Akuma Foods again. <laughs> I can't be asked. the boss fight, I, it's just a fucking the, slog. Joey, here's the way the boss fight works. The boss, you could basically just, like, flick him, and he would die, right? Right. But he's got minions you have to take care of, and if you don't defeat all four minions in, like, your one move, then it just response and it's timed you have 20 minutes to do it so if you if you can't get rid of all four at once then you can't even like try to attack the boss nor can you progress the fight because the minions get progressively harder and harder and harder and, and it's all during a timed boss fight it's a timed boss fight which is bullshit anyway it makes sense story-wise because the palace is about to explode but it is so fucking awful. Like, running through it is just nothing but, like, back and forth getting security cards. Like, a lot of palaces, you can run through first day, right? Yeah. But this one has, like, what, like four or five story points that are like, all right, we can't go any further today. We'll come back tomorrow. And you're just like, I, I'm not low on any items. Let's let's keep moving. <laughs> well, for, for those listening, oh. when, when Slade started talking about this, you might have heard, a, like, a slapping sound. That was Slade <laughs> punching his chair. He was so annoyed. It's, it's fucking... This. Like, I've been thinking about replaying the Royal, because I got a PS5 recently, and I just want to see, you know, if it actually All looks right, better. Show off. Just, well, yeah. It's supposed to... <laughs> it's supposed to be like a... Uh, you know, make everything look a little better. And I was just Because Persona 5 is already a beautiful game anyway. Yeah. Not like in the game itself, but it's like animated cutscenes are fucking stunning. Like the animation team really outdid themselves. But yeah, I, I don't want to replay it because of Akumara Foods. It is it's oh. that bad. <laughs> it's awful. So so you have said more than once that Persona 5 is your fav one of your favorite games. So Persona games are your favorite games, right? It's well it's in their favorite it's like series. Right it's like there. a fair it's like a because it'd be like trying to pick my favorite child. Okay, I can't. And, and you won't play five the royal because of no. I've beaten the royal. Part. Actually, I had to beat the royal twice because I I fucked up getting the new ending. So <laughs> I put sixty hours just to play through the base way, then find out I fucked up the ending, and I didn't have a save file far enough back. <laughs> had to do it again, <laughs> and I put it off for like six months because I just did not want to deal with the Kumara foods. And you're talking about going in yeah. New Game Plus, putting the level of difficulty on story just so I could run through everything. <laughs> I mean, I was really thinking that this might be something that you guys had to sit and think about. But the fact no. that I went, what is this? <laughs> and you went, I've both got, both of us got one straight away. Yeah. Um, well, we play a lot of video games. I, I just we think do that play. it's a, it's a me is really funny. It's <laughs> <laughs> so angry. I, I really like that one because it's such a benign thing, like a tiny little thing that's just pissed you it's off. Such a so throwaway much. line. It just really irked me for some reason. <laughs> it's really funny though. Anyway, what's yours, Joey? <laughs> so mine, I'm not sure it. It ruin. It doesn't ruin the game. It is a point in a game that I love where I dread getting to. So it is, and I'm going to pause the recording because my headphones have just turned off. And if you guys speak, you're going to hear yourself. Joey, let me. Okay, well, Tim. While Tim's off having a wee, mm -hmm. 
I, I am always so nervous because like going back and listening to the episodes of the podcast, I never know how y'all are going to try to fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is it is so fucking bad. <laughs> like going back and I just hear you and Tim have like this casual chat and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to flip the names of Zelda and Link. I know they're the right <laughs> one, but I'm going to do it to irritate Slade. And now I, I always feel like I'm on guard. <laughs> okay. I can I can reassure you that that didn't happen this time. I, I don't believe you. And I promise. <laughs> I swear on everything that um oh that that did not happen. And while it's just the two of us as well, I was listening back to the uh, the Outer Worlds episode, right? Okay. And you brought up that it's coming home. Oh, I oh. really knew you'd fucking talk about this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listeners, in the outer world, I started by exclaiming very excitedly that it's coming home, referring to the Euros being won by England, and they weren't, and Slade is not letting me forget it. No. Slade, this is like <laughs> pulling out stitches. It's fresh wound. It hurts. <laughs> Football or soccer has not been kind to me this week. With you like to tweet a little while ago saying when I was talking about bringing Jack Grealish on, he was my favourite player at my club. He's recently moved elsewhere for a hundred million pounds, um, and watching him play in a final was very painful for me. But Aww. it didn't come home. It still hurts. Can we move on? <laughs> So I came back and saw that we were recording. We're talking about football. Yeah, sorry. Slade asked me to continue recording because he uh, he gets anxiety when me and you join the recording first. I'm going to come back to this in the edit and see that you guys are fucking with me on something, aren't I? <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> we, we, we're not, I promise. No, no, I just wanted to bring it up. I was like, you fuckers just have like this pre-discussion about <laughs> how you're going to mess with me for the episode. What was it in the outer world? No, it wasn't in the... Y'all didn't do anything in the Outer Worlds, I don't think. It was... Uh, Breath of the Wild was the last one y'all decided to do something. No, in here's what it was in the Outer Worlds. Somebody, Joey, listened to the podcast and they had mentioned the Twiggy Shrimp or the Shrimpy Twig yeah, or whatever. Right. Yeah, it was like a callback and you didn't know what it was referencing. Yeah, I actually forgot. On that, I've gotten messages where people are like, how did you not notice? And I was like, I just didn't even think about it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> nice. Um, Tim, this has just made it really hard for you to edit because this whole section can go in somewhere, but not where it is. I mean, we've got post-amble, we've got pre-amble. The next one is mid-amble, so... <laughs> All right, so Joey, what's your moment in gaming? Cause... Yeah, mine... So um, I started to say that it's... it's um, one of my favorite games and it's not a moment that ruins it for me but it makes me dread getting to it and that's the bed of chaos in yeah. dark souls it's the worst boss the worst design around the law essentially you go from a souls game which we covered at length for dark souls 3 and the bed of chaos is a platforming boss Dark like, Souls isn't a platformer. It's not a platforming game. There's um, there's these arms that are swinging around that knock you into pits. It's not easy to see them. And if they hit you, you go flying and you're basically honed into the pit where you die. Um, and then at the end of it, the Bed of Chaos is meant to be one of the four like greatest souls, the big bosses. 
and you kill it in one hit and it's a little slug. It just pisses me off. But um, I'm over it. It's a good game. Taking a deep breath because we are moving into a game I described, Tim, and I listened back to the episode all the way to episode one. I described it as my favorite game of all time, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. So to give you an introduction to Ocarina of Time, it was released in 1998 on the Nintendo 64. Since then, it's been on the DS, the Wii U, something ridiculous that I'm going to ask Tim to explain called the IQ Player. It's the first open world Zelda uh, that is 3D. Sorry, I should say it's the first 3D Zelda, not open world Zelda. Uh, And the fifth in the series. Um, I think I said it was developed by Nintendo. And the reason I chose this game is that callback to episode one. Um, Are you all right, Slade? (laughs) Zelda, it was developed by Nintendo. That just really made me laugh. (laughs) I mean, like, of course it is. Fair. There was, there was okay. a Philip Zelda game. Well, and there wasn't a second oh, Zelda yeah. game. Nobody talks about the second Zelda game. Yeah, Wand of Gamelon and uh, the other one. Oh, you're talking about the... Um, <laughs> Philip CDI the Philips, one. Yeah, the Philip CDI ones, which are... The one where the, the king looks at Link and says, My boy. My boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're I'm not so talking hungry. about the Philips ones. an Octorok, he says. <laughs> We're not talking about those. No, um, I wish. Shit That's really funny. <laughs> well, maybe one day. So the reason I chose this game is is that callback to episode one. We're ten episodes in. This was, I said, my favorite game, uh, favorite Zelda game, um, and you know we're we're bringing on the Zelda train. Um, choo choo. Ocarina of Time. Choo choo, motherfuckers. Um, I'm going to switch this up and we're going to go for the story first because I think it's good to explain this before we get your thoughts. The story is simple. You are a child called Link, not Zelda. We're not playing this game again, Slade. Um, You're a child called Link. You're a child called called Navi. (laughs) (laughs) You get given a fairy and the long and short of it is you go and see a princess who says the world is in danger she gets kidnapped, or she she runs away from a bad guy called Ganon, and the way that you have to save her is to go into the future and defeat Ganon when everything is fucked. That's the long and short of it. Uh, there are multiple temples, multiple bosses, um, and a big open world to explore, as with pretty much every Zelda game. Um, so... I'm going to go straight to Slade. Can you please tell me what your thoughts on this game were? Um, so we discussed this. I don't remember if this made it into the Breath of the Wild episode or not off the top of my head. Um, so I said before, I had, first of all, I just realized I was four when this game came out. Do you know, sorry, before you say that, Slade, you were four when this came out. Do you know what I realized today? You're older than Ocarina of Time. I'm, it's worse than that. I'm older than the internet. the internet is 30 years old today when we're recording on the 8th of august the first person logged online um and i was born in april so i'm older than the internet (laughs) phenomenal sorry you were you were four when this game came out right um so i had what i like to call little brother syndrome with this game that um i'm an only child a lot of people know this um but my older cousin Zach 
he was playing this, my job was to hold the guidebook and point out where things weren't. That was my job. So really, we did that for Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. And I'd say this is the first time I completely played through it by myself. Like, you know, I had a guide and whatnot because a lot of things are poorly explained. It is okay. I, I, I think I'm missing that nostalgia bit to it. But I want to be clear as well that I was playing it on the 3DS, mm-hmm. which, oh boy, that that was a thing because it's got no autosave. And you would think, you know, essentially a modern recreation of like a very old game would have some very modern comforts, which it does, which are nice. Like the fact that uh, all your items are on the touch screen on the bottom, you can actually have like all the, uh, I don't know how this would work on the 64, but you could have like all the notes up for all the songs. Yeah. Just so you, can you don't see get that, that at you, all. Yeah, I didn't have to memorize any of them. You could literally just hold them up and, like, you know, you look at them and just do the button presses or you could, t- you know, poke the screen in the correct order. Um, so I had those kind of modern things, but no fucking autosave. And I got, like, five hours into the game for it to crash. Mm-hmm. And then I had to start over from the nice. very beginning because I had no idea about that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was okay. I think that's fair, fair enough. I want to. Um, I want to preface this as well that I have more time and experience with the two D Zeldas, um, but I think it should also be stated that the two D Zeldas are like my favorite. Like I have a real big soft spot for like the first Zelda, Link's Awakening, Link to the Past, um, and really the only three D Zeldas I've ever really gotten into was uh, Wind Waker and uh, Breath of the Wild. Which both I Tim I know Tim doesn't like Wind Waker, or he hates the boat. No, no, no. The boat's fine. Mm-hmm. My gripe with the Wind Waker is the Wind Temple. Okay, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I would like the Tim. Your advice is very true, though, for the uh, the Water Temple in Ocarina. Go clockwise. Yeah, just keep going clockwise. That's that's like, all I did. That was really nice. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I don't understand why people bitch and moan about the water temple. Just go clockwise. <laughs> Just so Slade. Sorry, your your overall opinion of this game is it's okay. It's okay. Fair enough, Tim. I really like this game. Uh, obviously, there's a big nostalgia hit for me there. Um, there's a couple of, I guess, teething pains or growing pains from it moving from two D to three D, like. There's some enemy designs that are a bit weird. There's some dungeons that I cannot fucking stand. So, for example, Jabu's Belly is the worst dungeon in the whole fucking game by a mile. And it has that pretentious little bitch that you have to carry. Ruto. You mean you mean Zora Ashley? Yeah, Zora oh, Ashley. Oh, yeah. Her only yeah. use is to be thrown at a button on the ceiling. Yep. Like <laughs> that's her whole thing. And if you leave her alone for five seconds. It's just, meh, you left me, and now I'm going to go back to the teeth. It's like, all right, great. <laughs> just go outside, Ruto. This whole thing could have been solved. Anyway. There's a could have nice... a big fish fry and solved the whole problem. Yeah, it's true. That, I mean, I've played this game a lot, both, you know, obviously when we were a kid. I've played a lot of randomizer versions of it, so, like, I, I follow a few speedrunners who play this game, and it's always entertaining to see what they can come up with and see... You know, what can come out of the randomizer because it keeps people on their toes. I mean, I don't think there's much much else that I can really say in the summary other than I really like it. You know what doesn't tra- okay. translate very well 
2D. I'm sorry, Joe. You should, we should probably get your no, thoughts. No, no, Just think no, about please, that 2D, ahead. 2D to 3D thing. It's bats, like a very basic enemy. Oh, the keys. Yeah, the keys. I, they don't translate well. I think it's fine. It's okay at times, but when they like come out from behind you and like um, what in the Goron Temple, there's like one bit where like you're running across these platforms and jumping, and if you don't like look behind you at any time. Like, keys yeah. that are on fire just come in out of nowhere. And burn your shield. Yep. And then you don't have a shield. And then you're like, great, what do I do about the Dekus now? That are <laughs> spitting seeds at anyone. Fun fact, you can throw a Deku nut at them and it'll do the same thing. Yeah, I found that out later. Or if you have the, or if you have the Megaton Hammer, that also works. There you go. Joey. Right. So my thoughts. I... I love this game. I said in episode one that it's my favorite game of all time and i played it when i was about 12 now i say about because i don't know exactly that's 18 years ago what this game suffers from is my nostalgia because i played it and it was fine but there were bits of it that I hated. Hmm. There were bits of it that were... If I I was trying to put on my hat as if it's a fresh game, and this game is so convoluted in a lot of the ways it does stuff, I think if I played this fresh now in 2021, I'd think, there's no point. I'm not finishing it. And that hurts me to say because I have such good memories of this game. But a good example, and going back to Tim's favorite dungeon, Jabu Jabu's Belly, to get into Jabu Jabu's Belly, you have to go to the Zora bit, do a diving minigame that definitely looks optional. You get a scale from that, where which makes you dive further. In all this time, the king has told you his daughter is missing. That seems like a side quest because it's not explained that that's important. You get the scale, you dive down, you have to go to this lake, which is inaccessible before. That's fine. You see a bottle if you're lucky. It's not pointed out that the bottle is there. You dive and get the bottle and the bottle says, don't show this to my father, which is a letter from the king's daughter. So in my head, that is... This is a note that you don't show to the king. To get to the next bit, you have to show it to the king. Then you go out the back of the king, which, by the way... That whole side step. You know, it takes you know so fucking king... long for him to move. <laughs> it, it, takes it so was goddamn funny. long. It was funny for about five seconds. But I timed it, and it takes 40 seconds for him to move, enough for you to walk past him. It's, and that's too long. It's really just not... This game is nothing but waiting, is what it feels like. Well, I don't know if I agree with that, but then to get into Jabu Jabu's belly, beyond that, you have to use the, the, the bottle that you found the note in, catch a fish in it, and drop a fish in front of Jabu Jabu so he inhales you, and that's not explained. And I feel like that's quite a good um, description of this game. I think it in under the surface, it's very good, but on the surface, it's so poorly explained that it makes it hard to be accessible. Yep. I, I don't know if you agree, Tim. I mean, there's certain points for sure that could do with explaining. Like, uh, for example, uh, maybe getting one of the heart pieces in the Goron village when the pot's there. 
you have to throw a bomb into the pot for it to spin kind of faster and it drops some rupees. Okay. But only when it's like spinning on like its axis, rotating and going in like an orbit around the middle of the thing, you have to throw a bomb into it then and then you get the heart piece. Like, mm -hmm. what indicator is there that that would happen again? And I think I, I should say, like, I've come out here sounding very negative about a game I described as my favorite ever. That I, I still believe that there are dungeons or temples in this which are, in my opinion, and I'm going to preface it by saying my opinion because that nostalgia may have influenced me quite a lot. I believe that they are some of the best in the, the series. Like, the forest temple, for me, when you get the bow and arrow, the way that, like, you, you change the shape of the temple by shooting switches, the boss at the end of the forest temple, Phantom Ganon, is is awesome. I think it. I, I definitely have looked at this with serious nostalgia goggles on, and I still think it's good, and spoiler alert, it's still getting a recommendation from me, but only in the sense of remember this game is old now this game is was released in last century <laughs> would you would you still class this as your all-time favorite game upon this most recent playthrough or um oh, based Ooh, on this playthrough absolutely question. not no no but like Ooh. has this most recent playthrough adjusted your perspective um, of the game? i think it has and i think that me being 30 years old and having played video games since you know, I was eight or nine. I've I've recently found a lot of the games I was playing back then. Like, I have really good memories of a game called Mischief Makers that Tim, you'll remember, we used to play the hell out. Absolutely of. love that game. Um, well, I thought I absolutely loved it as well, but now that I've got it again, I can't stand it. I think it plays awfully. And I wonder if that's something to do with, one, the controller I'm playing it on, two, the time that has elapsed from when we first played it and all the amazing things that came before it. Because the other thing I was thinking was, would I feel the same about Ocarina of Time if we hadn't just done Breath of the Wild? Okay. And I think it's very natural that Breath of the Wild... Remind me what year that came out. Was it 2017? 2019. No, no, 2017. No, 2017, 2017 yeah. 2017. So 20 years later, you would expect like leaps and bounds in quality of gaming. But we've been spoiled by those 20 years and all the incredible things we've seen in gaming between Ocarina of Time and Breath of the Wild. So I think I would still look on it favorably. I've already said it's still getting a recommendation from me, but I don't know if I can call it my favorite game of all time because it it was so much more infuriating than I remember. Sure, sure. That's actually going to take some thinking about, I guess, about what your, I guess, all-time favorite would be following this. Oh, I think I can tell you already it's Dark Souls. Okay, fair enough. And yeah, like, I think I think that's part of what I suffered through, though, with Joey's talking about like playing it, because I, I don't have the nostalgia for it. Mm -hmm. And I'm coming off the back of, like, you know, Breath of the Wild and then moving in the ocarina, and it's sure. just like... I don't know. There's a lot of modern comforts and whatnot yeah. you can deal with. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, and I, I told Tim this, and I just thought this was dumb, and anybody's listening or has listened to the Breath of the Wild episode, there's uh, motion controls on the 3DS version. 
And it's tied to, like, if you have your slingshot or bow, it's tied to being able to move those quickly. And if you turn that off, you, you can't aim quickly anymore. But that that you, does oh, oh. back to the Nintendo 64 version where you couldn't yeah. aim quickly. Yeah. And, yeah, and I saw a thing. I was looking at slow the, aim. I was looking at the differences between the original and the remaster. And first things first, the original ran at 20 frames a second, which mm-hmm. in today's time, talking of modern comforts, is like... It's, that's horrendous. That's terrible. Yeah. Like, I think if, if you got a game that was released in 2021 that ran at 20 frames a second, a lot of people would ask for their money back. Looking at you, Cyberpunk. Um, looking at you, Cyberpunk, which we have covered already. Yeah. I think um, that it's... You know, I I have said a lot of negative, but I do think still that there is a lot of good in this game, and I think for its time, it it is it was groundbreaking, and I think that it's maybe unfair to come out and criticise it against modern day standards, but that's what we have is modern day standards. Sure, sure, especially when you consider our context of going from Breath of the Wild to this, as you've said. Yeah. Right. I think, I think, I don't know. I was trying not to have that, I guess, I don't want to say hate, but like, you know, opinion in the back of my head. The bias. Sure. Yeah, that would be, yeah, the bias of, you know, what I prefer in Zelda and what this is. So Slade, I, I, I know that you said the first time you saw this, you were holding the guide. You must have had some kind of opinion on it when you were playing the little brother role. Uh, oh, well, I mean, I just have good memories of, like, hanging out with my cousin and us, you know, mm. doing that. You know, th- to me, that's fond memories, obviously, but I wasn't allowed to play. So I have. <laughs> <laughs> I do own Ocarina for my 64 I have here in the house, but my 64 was bugging up and it just wasn't having it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, like, this almost, and Slade, take a deep breath i think it links back to um our resident evil 4 episode and you can see you can see the influence that this has had going absolutely from the td to the absolutely. 3d zelda and even things like the way that zelda's camera control works in that you can face the camera and you press the left button that came from ocarina of time Z targeting in zelda came from ocarina Ocarina well it's like this is what i was talking about with like the keys or bats i'm just gonna call them bats because you have them flying around i mean really the only way you could hit them is you know or as y'all would say zed target targeting sorry z targeting whatever you'd rather call it i I don't care yeah but z targeting is like really the only way you could even begin to attempt and them and the uh skulltallas as well yeah because yeah the skulltallas no other way to aim if you think about it. it I mean, now that you're in a well, 3D like environment, you have an extra access. How do you solve it? Unless you, you go to the first person mode. Right. But that, that isn't practical when you're moving at speed. Right. And especially on a controller with a singular joystick. That's right. Well, that was why they introduced the, the L to straighten the camera. Yeah. I mean, granted, L was um, in a horribly impractical position on that controller on the N64. Well, then. Nintendo 64 controller was designed for someone with three hands. It was designed it for squids, dude. Sense. It's like, it doesn't I make have, sense. I don't have it here on my desk. I have a N64 controller that's designed for, like, human hands. Yeah, it's the yeah. one that looks like an Xbox controller. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it's, that's rare. Is the, that's the that's what I was gonna play. That's what I was gonna play the game with. Was not an actual. Yeah. <laughs> Joey, what's that your favorite dungeon in Ocarina of Time? So, I really enjoy the forest one I've mentioned. The shadow one, I think, holds dear to me. But playing through it now, I think the shadow one is a funny one. And the reason I say that is, you kind of alluded to it with the the water temple and it being a bit labyrinthian and you there's a there's a way around it i remember the shadow one because it is a like the visuals in it are great i think the boss is really cool but it is by a country mile the most linear dungeon yeah in zelda and i i think i don't know if that detracts from the quality of it but it's not what i would expect in a zelda game i think it's like a nice just formula change if that makes sense yeah i don't think linear okay. design is a bad thing i think it's just different but in it i just think in a zelda game when you come to what you come to expect is not linear design sure that's especially at that stage because the, the shadow temple is like the second to last actual dungeon you do right right yeah it comes right after so, the water temple so I think that um, to, to have such a switch up and for an area that, so, so for the listeners, you can get a, you get a item called, is it the eye of truth? Yeah. You get uh, that in the lens of the something well. like that. So you get that and, and you equip it. And what it does is it drains your magic, but as it drains your magic, you can see where there's fake walls or there's something that it, that is an illusion essentially. And I think, if they had made the Shadow Temple less linear, you could have had such a better use of that item. Yeah. Um, yeah. How about you, Tim? I have really fond memories of the Forest Temple, like yourself. I always found that one really fun to explore. I also really, really like uh, the Desert Temple. Big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, but the other one that I kind of have a real soft spot for, and I'm not really sure why, just because, like, if you look at it from an objective standpoint, it's not a particularly great area, but the Gerudo Fortress. I don't know why. Yeah. I've just got a real soft spot for that area. I think it's something about, like, it's... stealthing it through, like, this armed encampment. and then I like, think it's kind of like... what oh, I'm sorry, Tim. Um, oh, I was just going to say, and then, like, when you actually earn the respect of them, they give you a pass to a whole optional dungeon, which is really fucking yeah. cool. I was going to say, maybe it's because, like, uh, Joey's fondness for the Shadow Temple. It's just like, oh, here's something you don't expect in a Zelda game. that We're going to throw stealth in. You know, it's just sure. it's a nice little change of formula and change of pace of what from what you've been doing the whole time. But I, I think, interestingly, that area, and I agree, it was a really fun area. But I remember when we were younger playing this, thinking, this is so frustrating because I don't think I had the patience for stealth. Hmm. And the way that games have changed the way that you play them, I think that this area was so much more fun now than it was 18 years ago. Sure. Do you, I mean, do you feel the same way? I do, because I, I can remember getting frustrated with it as a kid. But nowadays I could breeze through it because I'm aware of what stealth mechanics and what the options are that are available to me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Slade? Yeah. What was your favorite favorite temple? I don't, I don't know or if dungeon. you can really. I don't know if you can call it a temple. It's probably more on the dungeon scale. But at the very beginning, going through the uh, the Deku tree, Deku's a good temple. 
That's is. Do you call it a temple or a dungeon at that point? Because I think they're interchangeable, really. If I'm honest. Okay. I I don't know what it is, but it's a nice introduction to like here's what you need to expect and what you need to know and yeah. I don't know. I I enjoy, you know I had to play it twice. Yeah. And <laughs> but no, yeah. It's, it's it's a good introduction. It was nice. Sure. It was nice. I um, so I think. I think off the back of the question of temple, there's another one, and it's something that Zelda's kind of known for, and that's the boss fights. Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite boss fight, and and a least favorite in this game? Um, Who do you want to go first? Well, I'm going to start with you, Slade, because you asked okay. the question. It's going to be weird because I'm actually going to say the uh, the Shadow Ganon fight. Oh, Phantom Ganon mm-hmm. in the Forest Temple. Phantom Ganon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when so I was your favorite, it, or your least favorite, my favorite actually. It's a good fight. Okay. Because the thing is, because I was remembering, like, as a kid, and this is where the nostalgia did hit that moment, me and my cousin Zach freaking out, like, oh, God, which one's the, you know, because, you know, you have two of them running at you. There's more and, than two at points. There's, like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, surrounded it, by paintings, and he's running out the paintings. Right. I just remember the two of us freaking out, and our parents being like, shut up, quit yelling, and, you know, <laughs> thinking it was really hard, and then going back in as an adult, and I'm like, why did I stress about this? Yeah. And it just, it made me feel a little nostalgic and, you know, laugh a little bit. And I was like, okay. <laughs> what about your least um, favorite? Least favorite. I'm going to say the uh, the Shadow Link fight. Just because it kind really? of felt, it felt like a chore. Because at that point, okay. I was just kind of, at that point in the game, I was just kind of like, I, I got to power through the rest of this. I was in like that mode. And I was being so, impatient. So- and I was being impatient. That's on me. It's not, I don't think that's really on the game. If that makes and sense. And Shadow Shadow Link's a bit of a trope of the Zelda game. Right. So he's something that pops up. And it for for the listeners, it's basically your dark reflection of yourself. And it's like matching equal, equal player against enemy, but you are the same in every way other than the texture of your character is colourful and normal, and this one is like blacked out. Yeah. And then like he copies your moves at times and whatnot. It was just, I don't know, it felt kind of like a chore a bit to fight him. That's fair. Okay. Um, Tim? Yeah. So in terms of favorite fight, it's kind of torn between the uh, between the Beast Ganon fight um, for the sheer spectacle of it. Like, that is a yeah. really The music fight. in that is amazing. It's incredible. In terms, so it's either that or the or the Dark Nut fight from the temple, uh, from the... Um, from the desert temple, where your um your lady friend is actually the one who's stuck in the dark nut armor, and it's that's not really revealed until the end of the fight. It's like, whoa, that's kind of a cool twist, I guess. And then like mm-hmm. you, then you get like that that like witch fight where you're like reflecting elemental properties. That's really advanced and really cool. I re- like those three are up there for me. In terms of least okay. favorite, probably Morpha from the wind from the water temple. The water, the water temple boss. Um, I found a really cool strat from watching some speedrunners, in particular ZFG, where if you have the hook shot, you just keep short range hook shotting him to bring him closer, and then you slowly move yourself around and put him in the corner and just continually stab him. He can't get back. You just stab over and over again. Fight's done in one turn. Like, and every Fair time, enough. and every time I fought that fight, I remember thinking that's really tedious. And then I tried this, I was like. I mean, it's still tedious, but I can at least get it over with quickly. Right. Mm. I think that, um, I think as far as bosses go, there isn't a 
a bad boss fight in the game. No. I think there are ones that aren't as strong. I think the thing from Jabu Jabu's Belly as the worst temple in the game is pretty low down there. Um, I think the mini boss for Jabu Jabu's Belly, the, the like octopus that chases you around the spiked centerpiece is is poor. The the dummy thick but, squid. The dummy thick squid where you, you literally have to stab it in the ass to kill it, yeah. which is is a bizarre oh. way of doing it. You look like you realise something slow. Yeah, yeah, I just thought about a really cool fight, but it takes place in uh Jabu Jabu. That's fine. Go cool. on. The the I don't know, like the jellyfish that like hang down or whatever. I don't know what you're gonna like the tentacle or whatever it is. Oh, okay. I yeah. Thought, I thought those I thought those were really fun though, because you know, you're like yeah. dodging and moving the jellyfish and you're just chucking the boomerang as fast as you can. That's yeah, I, 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 just... I, had a, I had a good time there. I thought that I, I thought that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not sure I agree. I think that that for me is is fairly weak. But I, I think the one that I think is is pretty underrated is the Fire Temple Dragon. And I don't think it's a particularly good boss fight, but I just think it was fucking cool. Like middle of a volcano. Oh this classic Chinese dragon. What's his name? Volvagia. It was just a I mean, well done for remembering the name. Well, do you know what's really interesting was... with him? The Go way on. they, uh, the way the AI determines his flight path is actually the same AI that determines the flight path of the ships from Lilat Wars or Star Fox sixty four for the uh, for the US. Oh, really? So it's the same AI to the point that the models for the for the uh, for the enemy ships and the R wings from Lilat Wars are in the data of Ocarina of Time, and if you use what's referred to as arbitrary code mani- uh, manipulation or ARM in the speedrunning community, you can load in the Lilat and have it, and you can fight it. <laughs> and it fits perfectly in the... It fits perfectly within Zelda temple. lore, of course. But I just I just remember that being, like, a really badass boss fight. It's an exceptional fight, that. Um, yeah, I think that... that shall, I think that of all the things I've said that are negative, the boss fights in this game are... are great they're really really good i want to talk about one mini boss that sticks out like a sore thumb because it is so fucking weird (laughs) dead hand is the strangest n64 boss fight i think i ever fought it is the (laughs) weirdest thing because like you do you fight you fight as a child right yeah yeah Um, well you yeah so you go in there and there's there's these long thin arms sticking out of the ground like just pointing straight up at the ceiling. And the way you initiate the boss fight is you have to get grabbed in the head by one of them. And then this weird, fat, giant pile of white mush with a long neck and like a chin like Jay Leno's comes out the ground. And he fucking waddles up to you and takes bites out of you. And you have to get him while he waddles away and fades away into a corner without being grabbed by these long arms. It's the strangest thing. I remember that actually being quite scary. It was terrifying uh, as a kid. As a child. Yeah. Yeah. For sure it was. Ah. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. Favorite I... tool in Link's Arsenal in this game. Ooh. I was gonna say you, which wouldn't be very fair. <laughs> there's um <laughs> there's a really good webcomic series that I like called Gun Show Comics, and the first comic they ever put out was um it's only a three panel thing, but it's this dog saying, Hey kids, I'm the question hound. 
there's not a question I can't answer. And the kid's question is, what's it like to be a massive tool? <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of, you oh. know, the Rick and Morty, you pass butter. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, favorite um, tool? Uh, I think there's only one winner here. I think that's the hook shot. The hook shot. Hook shot's a winner. Hook shot. Hook shot or the long shot. They're so cool. That or the Archlock Arena itself. Yeah. Just because, like, when, when I don't know. Like, the reason when I like the Ocarina, to... though, is because you can pitch bend them. Like, you see people still today making remixes of like, old covers of songs <laughs> in Ocarina. And that's really cool. Yeah. When, speaking of the Ocarina, when y'all got to the, the Scarecrow. You know, as a kid, yeah. to teach it the song. What'd you do? AC down, AC down, AC down, AC down. Okay, Joey? The same. I just spammed right and left. All right, so like, pretty much the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> just like as fast as I could. And he's like, that's an amazing tune. I'll remember that. And I'm like, sure. Man, what a banger. <laughs> um, I'm going to quickly... There's, there's a lot of stuff, though. Because I was trying to keep the mindset of like when this came out. Yeah. And did y'all think it was, I mean, obviously, you know, Zelda's big debut in um, 3D, you know, you have all the particle effects, light, you know, shit like that. Did y'all ever find it just got like slightly, to me, you know, coming from modern sense, a little annoying that it was like, ooh, look at the movements with the camera, it's flying through the environment and stuff like that. And you're just like, I- I'd like to continue playing and keep doing what I'm doing, but... It felt at some times they were just trying to show off the technology of the N64. And it's like, I get it. I I know what it was for the time. And I'm thinking like in this essentially remaster, they could have cut it down a little bit. Like it didn't need. I think like the whole, like if you think about the intro of Navi flying around Kakariko Village. Mm -hmm. Not Kakariko. Yeah. The Kakor Forest. Yeah. Kakariko. Yeah. yeah. Um, If you think about that, it's just like, okay, I get it. The, you know, physics. Oh no. Navi bumped into the fence. I was probably mad about having to watch it go through it for a second time, to be honest. Maybe. And I think that it doesn't help <laughs> that the kind of perception of Navi is that she's oh, really annoying. Like, Extremely I think, annoying. Yeah. Um, I do think she's not the most annoying character in it, though. And that, for me, is the owl. Oh, um, yeah. Like, I don't think I've listened to a single thing that owl said on any no. of my K-Pol, playthroughs. K- what's he called now? K-Pol Bagora K- or something like that? Yeah. Kapoor Gagora. That's it. What is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, there was one point, and it's in the Forest Temple, and, like, you go into that, you know, like, we've talked about the Forest Temple, you can, like, you know, shoot that bow and arrow to make things move around and whatnot. But you go in this room, long hallway, and maybe the render distance is different on the 64, but, you know, I could see the hallway twists, and as it's going through, I see Link moving. And then Navi stops all forward fucking momentum to stop and say, the room's orientation has changed. <laughs> And I, I, I don't remember so, that. In other news, oh, bear shit in wood. <laughs> I was so... Chris, uh, one of the guys I work with, uh, Chris, he could tell you I was just like... I just slammed the 3DS shut. I was really mad about that whole... At least you didn't say it's a meme Mario. <laughs> oh, I wish I was, you did, though. I was so upset about <laughs> just that statement. I'm like, I get it. It's very obvious. We didn't have to stop. On the topic of Mario, did you guys ever see the um, the paintings in Zelda's garden in the castle? If you look in the windows, yeah. you can see Mario and Yoshi paintings. That, yeah, Joey, you may not know this. In the development of Ocarina, it was supposed to have like a Mario sixty four 
aspect of like to go to the different worlds, you were supposed to jump through the paintings. And then that room got oh. reused for the uh, Phantom Ganon fight. Well, I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah. What's interesting as well is they, they built this on the same engine as Mario 64. Yep. So it runs on the exact same engine, which is wild to think what they could do with that. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. um, the other thing, you two, y'all never played Link's Awakening, have you? Yeah, no, I have. I, like, I played it on the Game Boy. I've played the Switch version. Okay. It, I guess it was like, do you, wait, do you have it on Switch? Yeah. Why have we not talked about it? I, lo- it's, I got okay. it on launch. <laughs> I didn't know this. Yeah. I, I thought I was the only person who bought it. No, no. Okay, Ever. well, Joey, you may not. <laughs> well, now we know this. Yeah. Uh, Joey, you may not know this, but uh, Malin and Talon, right, from the Lon Lon Ranch area, that yeah. Malin is like the, you know, Zelda for uh, Link's Awakening. Oh, really? Yeah. Malin is still her de- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and that one came out before, you know, Ocarina of Time, and it's like, you know, now looking back at it, I'm like, oh, oh, okay, that's, it's you quite know, a, cool callback. a neat little nod. I've just looked up the speedrun times for Ocarina of Time on the N64. Okay. Does anyone want to take a guess at the world record for any percent? It's got to be something stupid. I'm going to guess like 10 minutes. Okay, 10 minutes. I'm going to say 12, 12 minutes. The world record right now is 6 minutes, 57 seconds, and 400 milliseconds, which is mad. That's insane. Um, and then for 100%, it's 3 hours. To 100% that whole game. How long did this take you guys to complete? I spent maybe nine hours on this one. I probably spent close to 20, but that's because of the restart. Yeah. I think I was was trying to solve 15. Yeah. And I was trying to solve some things on my own, but then, you know, I ended up playing it like sitting here at my desk with like the guide up on another monitor. Yeah. See, I'm I'm very. It's another one. Sorry, Karen. Sorry. It's it's another one that. I don't think there's a shame in, in using the guide because I said right at the start, it's convoluted to all hell. Even when you said Talon, I was like, remember when he's sleeping at the start yeah. and you have to move him to push the block? What <sighs> the hell was getting the chicken all about? That was just so annoying. Yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, I wish I hadn't well, played this again. So, <laughs> so it makes it kind of makes sense though when you think about Link's Awakening and Tim. You'll know this about hatching essentially what's a giant Yoshi egg. Yeah. On top of a volcano. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's got it's got the um, what do they call it the um, the something whale or the dream fish or something like that. I think it's, it's a dream. Fish it might be dream fish, fish, but it's essentially a giant yeah. floating whale. Of course, I and have actually have seen it- a thing that. Apparently the the whale bones the the whatever it is called are in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, the Leviathans, mm-hmm. which I yep. thought was cool. How's your uh, Breath of the Wild playthrough going right now? By the way, uh, it's still going, which is, going. is like we record for for context. We recorded that episode two weeks ago. Okay, I was um, just wondering. Did and you I'm turn still the jumping back off. in it? Uh, yes, I did. First thing I did after <laughs> the fucking episode. Fantastic. Ah. <laughs> oh. But no, the reason that's I think a plus it, side for this Zelda game. It's uh, it's it doesn't have motion controls. <laughs> brilliant. No, <laughs> Unless you're on the 3ds. If you're on the 3ds, it's got stupid fucking motion controls that have no business being there. <laughs> I sorry, think, Tim. I interrupted. Um, you. No, it's all right. I th- I think the reason that this game took me nine hours is because I'm I can't do every speedrun trick in the book in this game. Like for example, I can't do things like the hyper extended super slide. I can't navi dive or anything like that. But what I do know is a few shortcuts around uh, around mm-hmm. the game, and I think that cut down on my time massively. 
So, for example, you know the guy in Kakariko Village when you're a kid who sat on the roof? Yeah. Right. You can climb the tower, the like the little watchtower thing, hold left and just side hop and you'll land on the fence next to him. That kind of thing. Okay. And that saves so much time. Because um it means you're not yeah. waiting for a leaf to be to grow or whatever. Um just... Can I can I ask, did you guys complete any of the side quests in your playthrough? The two main side quests. I did the trade quest because I want the Goron sword. For the final no. fight, right? I used the you I used So the you hammer. didn't get the big Goron sword? No, I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't I didn't bother. Fair. So there's two there's two side quests essentially. One of them is very linear in that you get a thing, they say, I want to trade this for X, Y, and Z. It is in this area. Go and trade. So you right. go and you trade, and it ends up with you getting this giant, like, great sword that you need two hands to wield. The other one is the mask quest. Did you go into the mask shop in uh, Hyrule Castle? I did go in there, and I guess the only side quest per se I did was I bought the... Uh, what was it? The, the fox mask thing. The yellow yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bought the mask so, for the guard. That's that's all I did. So to complete that quest, that side quest, without a guide, the way that you would do it is you would put the mask on, talk to every single NPC in the game, one at day, one at night, and then eventually someone would go, oh, I want that mask, I'll buy it off you. Yeah. But there's no way, there's nothing in the descriptions in the speech to say even, oh, someone in Kakariko Village might want this or someone in the Lost Woods might want this. So if you were a completionist and you wanted to do this blind, it would, it probably would take drive you up the fucking forever. wall. It would, you'd have yeah. to talk to every single NPC 16 times. I don't, I don't know why. I feel like that's such a Japanese game thing to do. Because well to go to go back to Persona again, Tim, you remember playing Persona Four Golden, yeah. and I forgot I forgot which quest line it is, but there's one Joey, and you just have to like go around the town and talk to fucking everybody to get the information you need about somebody that you already know the information for. Yeah, nice. but but like like you're aware of it, but your character's like, oh, I don't understand what this is, so now I gotta go <laughs> talk to everybody. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's that's kind of how this felt. Um, yeah, this side quest. Uh, and the other the other thing I wanted to ask you is, I think that when I was playing through the game, the the main area Hyrule Field is huge, right? right? For its time, and it takes a long time to get across, and it links you to the Gerudo Desert and the Lost Woods and the um. The mountain. What the name of the mountain? Death mountain. Death mountain. Death mountain. I was going to call it Mount Doom, but that's Lord that's of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Death mountain, and those areas are really well populated, and there's a lot of interesting characters, particularly in Kakariko Village. There's a lot of stuff to explore in there. Hyrule Field is barren. And if you couldn't warp and you had to walk across it like you do the first time, I would have gone insane. Welcome to my playthrough, because so, I didn't know about going to Lon Lon Ranch and getting Epona as a child. <laughs> so guess who did a lot of walking in Hyrule Field? Do you know if you walk nice. backwards, it's it's something like 1.5 times quicker than yeah, walking no, forwards? 
you lock on with uh, Z targeting. And you walk backwards. And side, side hop. No, side hop's good for hills. Walk back's good for flats. Oh, I was... So, Joey, my entire time going through Hyrule Field was me looking in a random-ass direction, <laughs> locking the camera in, and then just, like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just... I feel like they could have done a lot more with Hyrule Field. Yeah. Well, I, I get that they're limited on space at the time, but even in, like, Breath of the Wild, when you look at it, it's I mean, dense. half the time you're walking around, it's well. There's no one like hanging around. You come across the occasional traveler, which is neat. Yeah, but there's not really. I'm not saying how, I'm talking about like the entire map of Breath of the Wild. By the way, mm-hmm. you obviously have enemies and whatnot, but it's there's really not much there. Like, there's a lot of things to explore and look at, obviously, but there's not many NPC interactions that aren't enemies. It, it's kind of the same in. I think Ocarina of Time. I think the only one I can think of in Hyrule Field itself is the Postman. The Postman, yeah. You have the Postman. You occasionally run in the Beetle randomly. What, in Ocarina? No, oh, no. I was th- I'm was. i sorry. I'm thinking of uh, Breath of the Wild. Okay, Wine. I was going to say. No, no, no. In, in Hyrule, in, in Ocarina, it's just, the, <laughs> just postman, the Postman, I think. Joey, have you ever seen that you can't actually outrun the Postman? He'll always whatsoever? beat you by 0.1 of a second. I did not know even, that. Even it's if actually you teleport, impossible. Even if you he teleport, will be there before you. <laughs> it'll say, oh, I got here in minus one second. People have, like, added to Link's speed, you know, with mods and whatnot. He's still going to get there before you. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny, though. Which, that's a good which I, I, I think I think that's really funny myself, I'm, you know. So apart from the, my, the final thing I want to mention is the sound design in this game. And I think this is one of the things that has held up really well. Yeah. I think the music, particularly in places like the Lost Woods, is so memorable. And the ocarina songs are so memorable. Right. I just think that the sound design in a music standpoint is great. I think what it it falls down on is Slade, you touched on it when you do like side jumps. Because of the limitations on the hardware at the time, right. you have you have a lot of repeated sounds. Or it's like the the music in uh, the Forest Temple is just that god awful tone, essentially over and over. like a lot of times I was playing. Unless I went somewhere new, I was playing with the volume off because I just got like tired of hearing it. I quite like that the the um, the music in all of the temples is very okay. muted. Like it's very. Like cave ambience is what I would describe it as. Mm. Yeah, very. I, I played a lot of it with the volume off. I, like you know, when I got to new the new area, I would turn it on just to hear what it was, see if it actually was you know something I could tolerate long enough. But yeah, the the forest temple music is just that's the one that sticks out in my head. It's just like awful. Best two songs in the game for me: Easy Kakariko Village and the Gerudo Desert. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Gerudo Desert's yeah. a fucking banger. It's so it's good. A, it's a gem. Do you have a least favorite song? Like, I've obviously talked about what mine would be. Probably Shadow Temple, because all the soundtrack is just someone going, ah, but like, but like with a reverb effect. <laughs> oh, great. This you for five you hours. For the, uh, you want to do that again for the edit? I mean, I'll, I'll just copy and paste the sound and stack reverb on it. <laughs> Call me Koji Kondo. I look, I look forward I, to hearing it. I still, I still like the edit you did where... All of us making what I described as the camera noise for <laughs> oh, the, uh, the outer worlds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of us throwing nice. out our back. <laughs> Joey, do you have um, a least favorite song? 
I don't think I do. I actually think I enjoy the music so much that I can't say that there is a bad song on here. Um, well, least favorite doesn't always mean bad, you know. If you had like no, I know it doesn't. But if, if you had the tier, but none of it, them, none of them stand out to me as least favorite. I would say that they're all good, and and I think because of that, none of them stand out and say this is significantly or even marginally worse than the others. Um, that was everything I kind of wanted to talk about on Ocarina of Time. Do you guys have any extra thoughts before we move over to our? Go check um, out some speed runs. Over- Go check out ZFG. Some of the speedruns are really fucking impressive. Like, I... After this recording, I'd really like to show you guys even just the six-minute run just to, like, yeah. show you what, like, people are doing with the game today. I I stand by my statement. If you're somebody like me who, you know, had a childhood where they, did, you know, didn't play the game, just bear in mind that you're going to have to go through some, like, old-school thinking before yeah. playing it. yeah. I'd, that I'd be very conscious, and if you're playing it based on nostalgia, keep that in mind when you're like, man, or as Joey has pointed out, how it's aged. Yeah, that's yeah, because yeah, and, and can, I think you can tell things that it's lacking now, like as I described the modern comforts that we have today. And I think that you need to when when we score this, I'm not going to score this with modern tinted glasses. I am scoring it against the other games we've played. Yeah, so. I think that's, my that's... score will be lower than than it would have been if I hadn't played the game. Yeah. Um, All right. Should we go um, to scores on that topic? Because that makes quite a nice segue. Yeah. Tim, let's let's hear. First of all, would you recommend it, and what score would you give out of ten? I would recommend it uh, for a few reasons. I still think it's a really good game. I think the fact that it revolutionised three D world design in video games is mm-hmm. it's important to look at it. And do you know what? Nine hours for me to beat it. It's not exactly a long commitment. It's as vast as the game felt as a kid. It's not that big of a game, but no, I think I what it, I think what it is the best way I can describe it is a mile wide and ten miles deep, because there's so much depth and creativity you can do in that game. Um, mm, with regards to my score, I am going to give it a eight out of ten. Just, um, okay. I think there's a lot of drawbacks. I don't think a lot of the things have aged all too well. I think Jabu Jabu's... The guy who designed Jabu Jabu's belly? Call me. We'll talk. Like... <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, I just want to know where he lives. That's all. <laughs> all right. Slade? Nice. Um, I'm going to echo a lot of what you said, Tim. Like, because you could tell, like, the influences that Ocarina of Hat has had on, like, so many other games and... Again, if you're looking at it without your nostalgia glasses on and just like from a design perspective, there's a lot of interesting things there. Yeah. There's a lot it did wrong. There's a lot it's done right. To me, it hits the middle ground. And so I'm it's this is gonna be like a weird score because I'm gonna say play it just so you have like an understanding and an interpretation of it. Because it has inspired so many games, but I'm gonna give it a five out of ten. Not it's in the middle of the road for me. It's not the best game I've played, it's not the worst game I've ever played. But I think everybody should, even if you don't beat it, just just like give it an hour or two, you know, and you'll see you'll see some like design aspect and you'll either in that hour or two, it's either going to click or it's not. That's fair. But I think, yeah, I'm, I think, I, I'm I think going with a five fair. out of ten. I think um, I think that, yeah, I, I don't really have much to say that hasn't been said already. It, 
obviously influenced a lot. Um, sorry, Slade, did you say you do recommend it? I it's it's recommended, but it's in that middle of the road. Just yeah, I, it is recommended, but it's like bear bear these things in mind, you know. Yeah, and and that is exactly what I would say. I still recommend it. Um, it's not aged fantastically, um, and for that reason, I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. Okay, so that actually puts it insanely low on our game scores. <laughs> But I think if if you're judging it on a 2021 game, then then it, it is down there with, you know, things have moved on a lot in the last 20 years. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to pass it over now to, I think it was Slade, it's your episode next. It is, and we're going to end this. Uh, end this. I, I, just, I just had a stroke there. We're going to end this uh, Zelda trilogy with one of my favorites, Link to the Past, on the SNES. We've gone back in time. Yep. Started off Step backwards every single time. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a neat trip, though, wouldn't you say? <laughs> well, we haven't talked about Link to the Past yet, so... That's true. We will. Yeah. We will. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to Video Game Club. No one has uh, still taken up our offer of... A giveaway of a box of locusts so if you do want a box of locusts dm us at game club pod and we'll see you in two weeks time on the podcast thanks again Bye. thanks everyone toodles toodles remember and i'm not sure this can make it in the preamble because it makes me seem as unprepared for this as i actually am um i'm texting jenny to say how would you describe ocarina of time because i forgot <laughs> to ask her um, better and better she's, ask for the other game too oh i know that one okay um, and she said is it the one with the bossy boat which is wind waker which i'm playing now oh okay um, so it's not that one and then she's just giving me the description of the uh of the next game we're playing and i've said no it's not that one and now she's stopped typing so i don't think she knows which game i'm <laughs> oh that's real that's really funny i was gonna leave, out. Was gonna leave that out but i might leave that in <laughs> Could be the postamble. Depend, depending yeah. on if she gets back to us with a sentence hi, or not. Hi, hi everybody in the postamble. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for making us this far. Uh, um, right, shall we start the episode? Sure. Uh, I, I will, but I'm just going to make sure that uh, she has a text that describes basically what it is. And if if there's no Jenny's description, you'll know why. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Perfect. Oh, right. hold on. Sorry. Yes, she's got it. Perfect. I've got one, and it's a it's a cracker. Right. I mean, by the time you by the time you hear this, you'll know what Jenny described it. So, all right, perfect. Okay. So, 
As for every episode of Video Game Club, I do ask my wife, who doesn't really play video games, how she would describe the game that I'm playing. So for Ocarina of Time, she called it the one with the big pointy fairy boobs. Okay. All right. Oh, in reference to the great fairy. The great fairies, yeah. Yeah. All right, fair enough. I have a terrible, terrible, terrifying laugh. Oh, yeah. The laugh is awful. Yeah. But that's how Jenny describes it, the one with the big pointy fairy boobs. Phenomenal. (laughs) Fantastic.